Hello once again, I'm Jerry Savelle. Thank you for joining me today. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to bring to you each and every week the uncompromising Word of God. Those of you that have been watching over the last several weeks, you remember that we're in the Southwest Believers Convention right here in Fort Worth, Texas. And by the time you watch these broadcasts, that convention will have already been finished. And I'll tell you, uh, I know we've already had a good time and we're not quite through yet with the convention and we're continuing to have a great time. So once again, I want to encourage you to watch the messages that I had the privilege to share. That's what we're talking about on this week's broadcast. And we've been talking about our covenant-keeping God. God made a covenant that He would do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth. I believe that was not just for Moses and his generation, but it's for our generation as well. You know, before Oral Roberts went home to be with the Lord, he said to me that the last visitation he had from the Lord, he said, Jesus said to him, Oral, if you think you saw miracles, signs, and wonders under the big tent back in those days of the tent crusades, he said, son, you haven't seen anything yet. They're coming back big time. I've been holding on to that, and I believe we are headed for marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of God big time. Say it with me right now. They're coming back big time. Amen. So watch now as I share this message with you. And then at the close, I have some special things I want to share with you then. The Bible says hope is an anchor for your soul. Amen. But you have to know what God says in order to have hope. If you don't ever read your Bible, and I know that's not the case because this is a believer's convention. But if you don't ever read your Bible, then no wonder you're hopeless. No wonder when you need X amount of dollars and you don't know where it's going to come from. You don't know how to make it happen yourself and you don't have any hope that it'll ever change. That's the reason why, because you're not spending enough time in the Word. The Word not only is a faith builder, it also brings hope. Can you say amen? amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I have hope today. Say it again. I have hope today. And that hope should be and to act as, as an anchor to your soul. Amen. It prevents you from drifting in your thought life. It causes you to become unwavering. This, the apostle Paul said, speaking about Abraham in Romans chapter four, let's go there very quickly. Romans chapter four and verse 18, he says, who against hope believed in hope. I want you to see it for yourself. Yeah. Let's start with verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations before him who believed even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Now notice how it started with Abraham. He's called the father of faith. He's not called the father of hope, but he could have been because it started with hope. Amen. Based on what God said. And here it says, who against hope believed in hope. The message translation says, when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. 
I like that. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. The Amplified Bible says, when human, uh, human reasoning for hope being gone, he hoped anyway. When all human reasoning for hope had left, then he believed anyway. Amen. The apostle Paul out on the sea one time, uh, he told the captain of the ship, we shouldn't make this trip, but the captain wouldn't listen. And they got out on the sea and the sea uh, began to experience a storm and, and uh, they were, the ship was coming apart and, and throwing everything overboard. And the Bible says, and when all hope was gone, when all hope was gone, what happened? Paul didn't stop hoping. And he had a visitation of the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord said to him, be of good cheer, Paul. Isn't that an amazing statement? Yeah. You're out in the sea in a uh, hurricane proportion storm. The ship's breaking apart, throwing everything overboard. And the angel says, be of good cheer, Paul. <laughs> Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you made this trip today? Be of good cheer. And he said, uh, no one's life will be lost, only the ship. Amen. And hope was restored. Now, don't you know when he went and told the captain, uh, I just had a visitation, everything's going to be okay. Don't you know he felt like hitting him with an oar? Are you stupid? Can you see out there, there's a hurricane proportion storm and you're telling us be of good cheer? That's just like him telling Silas in prison when they've been beaten, blood's running from their backs. Sing, Silas, sing. <laughs> what do you want me to sing, Paul? <laughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength. <laughs> you could not stop this man from hoping, stop this man from believing. And Romans 4.18 says, against hope, he believed in hope. Once again, the message says, when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. In other words, he no longer allowed his circumstances to cause him to give up. He decided not to lose hope. And verse 20 says, he staggered not at the promise of God. The Amplified says, no unbelief or distrust made him to waver concerning the promise of God. And then verse 21, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And the Amplified says he became fully assured. And the message translation says, sure that God would make good on what he had said. Sure that God would make good on what he had said. But notice all this began with hope. The father of faith. And yet it all began with hope. So don't, don't discount hope. Don't, don't throw hope out the window. You need hope. You need, you need hope because that's what your faith gives substance to. Faith is the substance to things hoped for. Now let's look back at uh, Hebrews chapter six for a moment. Hebrews chapter six. 
Abraham's leaning, leaning hard on that covenant, knowing that God is not a covenant breaker. Look at verse 15. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. The message translation says, Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. Look at your neighbor and say, that's what you need to do. Stick it out. (laughs) Tell the neighbor on the other side, that's what you need to do. Stick it out. (laughs) Amen. A lot of Christians, I want to hear that today. Stick it out. Stick it out. I've said on occasions, the life of faith is not for wimps. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say, and I am not a wimp. (laughs) Amen. It requires a determination to stick it out regardless of what's happening around you. I remember a number of years ago, uh, we were flying in our airplane to uh, Houston. And uh, so we're on final approach at Houston International. And I heard something and I knew what it was. I lost an engine. And uh, I looked up at my pilot and he turned around and looked at me and just gave me a thumbs up and he knew I knew what was going on. And, uh, And knowing that Sam Douglas, my pilot at that time, was one of the finest pilots in the world. And uh, when Sam gave me a thumbs up, I knew everything cool, you know, but I knew we lost an engine. And so, uh, and, and it wasn't supposed to do this. We still had a lot of time left on those engines before uh, we were to overhaul them. Well, you can land safely in a Citation 500 with one engine. The only problem is you can't take off. <laughs> so we landed in Houston and uh, went over to the meeting and uh, I called Brother Copeland. I said, are, are you using your airplane tonight or tomorrow? And he said, well, I was scheduled to be uh, somewhere tomorrow. What do you need? And I said, well, I lost an engine and I need to get back home tonight so Carolyn and the girls can go uh, to another meeting tomorrow. And he said, uh, let me call you right back. So he called his aviation department and rearranged some things. He said, it'll be there when you get out of the service tonight. So he sent his airplane, these pilots, and we flew home. And I had to leave my plane in Houston because you can't fly it. Need another engine. Oh, and you know, we don't need about $300,000. Well, shoot, I can do that. No, I'm a little bit short. You know, I didn't have $300,000. But what's new? (laughs) You know? And so we're believing God for the money and I can't get my airplane out of Houston. And so finally we had to contact a company here in Fort Worth at Meacham Field and they sent a loaner engine down to the Houston and put it on the plane and brought our engine back and we got the plane back, but it was a loaner engine. You know, they didn't give it to us. And so when we got back, they took their engine back. <laughs> so I'd go out to the hangar and I'm looking at my airplane with one engine and a big hole on the other side. 
you know. My plane sat there for several months. I need my plane. I schedule around having my own airplane. I, I, can't, I can't get to some of the places that I go to on commercial airlines. So I am faced with a situation like Abraham. I hoped against hope. <laughs> it's in the natural, there's no way. But I learned a long time ago, there really is a way. And sowing is the way. You can sow your way out of any situation. You can sow your way out of debt. You can sow your way into abundance. You can sow your way into a new engine, hallelujah. And we started sowing. We started sowing. Well, Brother Jerry, if you were sowing, why didn't you just hold on to that money? Well, I learned a long time ago. If you don't have what you need, then it becomes a seed. Amen. If you don't have what you need, then turn it into a seed. And so we sowed and sowed and sowed and praise God, uh, money started coming in and I don't, I don't go to meetings and talk about my needs. I'm not a need minded minister. In fact, you'll never know my needs until I have the need met and give the testimony of it. I don't write and beg for money. So I didn't go anywhere and say, oh, by the way, uh, we're believing God for a new engine. Is God talking to you? you know? That's not faith. That's spiritual con work, religious con work. Amen. So nobody knew. And, you know, some brave souls who would hear from God, <laughs> you know, would say, Brother Jerry, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I just feel led to sow some money into your airplane. I'd say, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You've heard from God and pray with them over that, you know. And so uh, money was coming in, but not near enough to pay cash for the engine. And Creflo Dollar, bless Creflo's heart. I was preaching at his church one day and Creflo said, Brother Jerry, I believe God wants me to sow some seed into your aviation department because I'm believing for some things in mine. See, every seed produces after its own kind. You sow apple seeds, you get apples. You sow orange seeds, you get oranges. You don't, you don't sow uh, pear seeds and get bananas. So every seed produces after its own kind. So he's believing God for uh, some things in his aviation department. So he sowed seed in my aviation department and the seed he sowed made up the difference to what we needed. Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, I was one happy camper. Went out there and bought that brand new engine, had it put on there and we left. Didn't slow down. Amen. But my hope came from the fact that I have a covenant with God. And God promised that if I make him my shepherd, I shall not want. Hallelujah. God promised he'd supply all my needs. That's where my hope was. And because I knew what he said, then I was able to add faith to my hope and give substance to it. That's the way it works. Can you say amen? So don't ever give up on God. Don't ever give up on his covenant and don't ever give up on his word. It's, I like to say this, and you've heard me say it many times before, it's never over 
until God says it's over, and God will never say it's over until you win. Amen. Amen. There's always hope. Look at your neighbor and say, there's always hope. Now, let me ask you this question very quickly before Brother Copeland comes. When the Bible says that Abraham stuck it out and got everything that he had been promised, how did he develop this hope? Because if you read the first part of Abraham's life, how did he develop this unwavering faith? If you read the first part of Abraham's life, it doesn't read quite that way. Because you know the story, God told him that he and Sarah would have a, a, a child, a son, and he'd become the father of many nations. And God told him that when he was an old man and Sarah could not conceive, her womb was dead. And in fact, when she heard it, she laughed and the Lord said, why did you laugh? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And there it's actually El Shaddai. Is anything too hard for El Shaddai, the God in whom nothing is impossible? And so, you know, and, and eventually uh, she devised a plan to help God make it happen. Don't look so holy. You've helped God a few times. I've helped God a few times. You know, when it looked like he's taking too long, we can take care of this. You try to make it happen yourself. You know what happens when you try to play God? You get Ishmael's. <laughs> Ishmael's. And I, I can tell you by experience, you don't want to drive an Ishmael car. You don't want to live in an Ishmael home. You don't want to fly an Ishmael airplane. And you don't wear, want to marry an Ishmael woman. You don't want Ishmael's in your life. You want Isaac's. The apostle Paul says Ishmael was of the flesh. Isaac was of the spirit. Amen. So notice uh, Sarah decides that, well, Abraham, you know, our handmaiden, handmaiden, Hagar, I mean, she, she's capable of conceiving. Maybe, just possibly, that's the way God's going to make this happen. And did you notice how the father of faith responded? Sarah, that's a wonderful idea. <laughs> he didn't say, get thee behind my wife, devil. <laughs> he said, that's a wonderful idea. And he did, and Hagar did, and Ishmael came. And if you study your Bible very closely, after Ishmael was born, God did not speak to Abraham again for 13 years. Why? Because he leaned to the arm of the flesh. And then when he finally did speak to him again, it's recorded in Genesis chapter 17. It starts out with, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham and Abraham fell on his face. And when God spoke to him, he didn't, he didn't do it in terms of, you know, uh, yeah, endearment. He said, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. In other words, I don't need your help, Abraham. All I need is your faith. I'm God and I can make this happen. 
some, some folks need for God to show up and do that for them. And from that point, there was a change in Abraham's life. And Paul talks about it in Romans chapter four. Go there once again. Romans chapter four. Look at verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. That's a key point. When he was about a hundred years old, he's not talking about Abraham when he was 75. He's talking about Abraham when he was about a hundred years old. Well, apparently something happened to Abraham when he was about a hundred years old. Let's go back and find out what happened. Genesis 17, one. I just mentioned it, but I want you to see it. Genesis 17, one. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, 90 years old and nine, that's 99. That's as close to a hundred as you can get. <laughs> Amen. When he was about a hundred years old. Well, here in Genesis 17, when he was 99 years old, the Lord appeared unto him. That was what made the difference. And I'll close it with this. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ today that need a fresh encounter with God. A fresh encounter with God. I heard Brother Copeland say this years ago, and I don't mind repeating it. I'll give him credit for it, but that might be the last time. <laughs> now, I heard Brother Copeland say years ago, if you feel that you're losing hope and your faith has become weak, don't run from God, run to God. Amen? Don't run from God, run to God. The Bible says in uh, James chapter four and verse eight, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. The Amplified says, come close to God and he will come close to you. Verse 10, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will lift you up. The message translation says, get serious, really serious. It's the only way you'll get back on your feet. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to get serious. Serious with God. Serious with his word. Amen. You are not entitled to be hopeless. Can you say amen? If you receive that today, give the Lord your best shout. Friends and partner, Brother Jerry here. I am celebrating 50 years in the ministry, and to commemorate this special occasion, we put together a very special 50 year anniversary Bible. We call it the Favor Edition. It's a limited edition, and along with it, it's got several of my favor sermons and outlines that I've preached all over the world. Now, I know they'll be a blessing to you. And along with that, you'll get a 40-page scrapbook of photos from beginning of this ministry right up to this present time. And I know that you'll enjoy reading it, looking at all the photos. Maybe you'll even find yourself in one of them. I want to thank you in advance for placing your order right now. And you can do so by going to our website, jerrysavelle.org. All the information on how to order this special Bible is available to you. Do it now. They won't last long, so be one of the first to order this special Bible. Thank you very much. It is time for you to see God's mountain-moving power in your life. 
It's available right now in the powerful book and three CD teaching, Marvels, Wonders, and Extraordinary Manifestations of the Greatness of Our God. Jerry Savelle reveals how God's plan is to continue doing the miraculous and bring a harvest of blessing. In this timely package, you'll learn three acts of faith that usher in God's wonders, the role angels play in the manifestation of God's greatness in our lives, the relevance of prophecy in the end time harvest, the necessity of finances for the end time harvest, how to position yourself for an abundant harvest, and more. Today is the day. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this powerful teaching, including the Marvels and Wonders book and CD set. Dare to mix your faith with what His Word has already promised. Begin to experience marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of His greatness today. Now, I want to find out if you were paying attention today, so I want you to say out loud right now, I will never be hopeless again. Say this, I will never be hopeless again. Amen. You have a covenant with Almighty God, and God says that He promises that you will experience marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of His greatness. So believe that. Receive that. Say it with me. I receive it in Jesus' name. And let me pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, every person that is watching this broadcast, I pray over them. I pray that they will not give up. They will not cave in. They'll not lose hope. That they'll continue to stand on the authority of your word because you never break covenant. You never break your word. You said your word is forever settled in heaven. You said your word will do what you sent it to do. So I'm believing with them right now for marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations, both in their physical bodies, in their finances, in their marriages, in their families, in Jesus' name. Now lift your hands right now and say, I receive that and I thank the Lord for it. Amen. Praise God. If you want to continue your study on this subject of marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of God, I have put together three CDs where I taught this at our church, Heritage of Faith Christian Center, and these cover a lot more material than I'm able to bring you on this television broadcast. You'll want to get these in your home. And then I'm very excited about announcing that we have a book on the very same subject. It came out during this convention, and I praise God that we have the opportunity to print these books because this is one of the ways that it gets down on the inside of you where nobody can take it away from you. So this is brand new, and I want to encourage you to order it. Right along with it comes the three CDs. So if you're interested, the ordering information is on your screen right now, or you can go to jerrysavelle.org, and it will tell you how to order this material. I want to thank all of our partners once again. You have been such a blessing to us. I appreciate my partners. I could not do what I do all over the world without you. With Jesus and my partners, praise God we can get it done. Amen. So thank you, partners. You're such a blessing to us. We pray for you all the time, and we're believing that you're going to have your finest year just like we're having our finest year. Amen. So once again, Thank you for being a partner. If you're not a partner, go on our website and find out how you can be. You're going to enjoy it. Amen. And stay connected with us, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. These are ways that we can continue to minister to you on an ongoing basis. Thank you again for joining me. 
We're going to continue this study next week, so I look forward to sharing the Word with you then. And until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world.